All right, on this version of the Unfiltered Podcast, Ashley and I are both incredibly humbled to be blessed with one of the biggest brains on the planet as one of our guests. Yeah, and we're talking about, you know, sure, we've talked to country music stars, the biggest ones in the world, but when it comes to David Gobel, he is co-founder and CEO of a foundation that is actually giving money away. If you can come up with a way to come up with space food for the astronauts, healthy space food, stuff that can be used here on Earth. But we're talking about a guy who's a philanthropist, an entrepreneur, who has had many, many business endeavors far beyond things you and I will ever do. Yeah, and now 20 teams will get $25,000 each if they can come up with new space food. What does that look like? We could talk about it all day. But we've got David here, the pro, to give us all the details. Good morning. Good morning. David, it's good to be talking to you. It's Obi and Ashley here at K92.3, and we appreciate you saying yes to being on the radio with us. Oh, yes is easy. It's what comes <laughs> after that. <laughs> right? Well, we're, we're so curious about this. And, and David, we're here in Central Florida. Both Obi and I are born and raised Floridians, a space program you know, we're no stranger to it. And with all the excitement over the past few years, now sending up those astronauts last year, we are very in it. So the competition you have going on really sparked our interest. Cool. I have to tell you a little backstory. As a little boy, I was growing up in Orlando and watched the rockets explode when the United States didn't really know how to do it. Wow. It was definitely trying to be Sputnik. And my father was part of the uh, the project at that time. Wow. And so I had a, an absolute love of the space program at that time. And, well, still. And in the early 60s, I was in Huntsville, Alabama, following him around with NASA and saw the first test firing of the Saturn C-5 booster rocket. That's cool. That's incredible. So obviously your love for space and everything that's going on stemmed really early with you living here and your your father. So obviously your father, what was his involvement? Are we able to ask that? Of course. Of course. He was a low-level technical writer and editor. Everything had to be documented. Everything had to be written down. And, you know, in those days, they used cuneiform clay tablets because it was a long time ago. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, you know, we, we always talk about it here that, um, you know, there are so many layers that have to make the giant machine work. You know, people don't even, you know, uh, uh, re- realize sometimes that that receptionist is busting her butt before a mission. So here we are today talking to you where... You guys are on a mission. What, what's the deal? Is, is the space food not good today? Well, uh, you cannot carry a grocery store with you to Mars. You have to make it work in situ. You got to make it work when you're, where you are. And <clears throat> so, um, yeah, that, that's what this is about. You can't have a persistent colony on the moon or on Mars while depending on transport of food and other nutrition elements all the time. I mean, if you have bad weather for a long period of time, you might run out of food on the moon. Bad idea. So essentially what you're calling for are all the geniuses to come together to come up with food solutions for not only Earth, but for when we leave this planet and explore. That's right. And, and one of the important things to think about in terms of space travel and potential colonies on uh, 
exoplanets is that the solution space is very tight and the technology required is very high. And what that does is it creates solutions. It forces solutions that no capitalist um, activity would, uh, would lead to on Earth because it has to make a profit. And so you don't get those gap-jumping leaps uh, on Earth that you would get by forcing solutions that would work on uh, the Moon and Mars. And then those solutions can be returned to Earth and g give you um, better, cheaper, faster uh, solutions that a typical uh, economic system would not uh, jump to. Right. Well, and I think what's interesting here for us all, David, is sure, you know, we're in Orlando. We see the rockets go up. Also, I, I mentioned that Obi and I grew up here in, in the Tampa area. There was a museum called Mosey we remember going to in elementary school. And they they sold the space food in the silver packets where you could have space food in, you know, ice cream form and whatnot. And for a lot of people, they still think that that's what astronauts are eating. <laughs> so when you come up with this form of a competition and then you really start diving into it, they they do have normal food. So what's real the real challenge here? What's what's different with what you're trying to make happen? Well, you can imagine that uh, building a colony is going to take an enormous amount of uh, high level, high quality, brilliant labor. And so if the more you can automate the production of nutrition, the less time required to, um, you know, babysit it and the more time that can be made available for scientific studies and construction of habitats and so forth. So, you know, when you when you start a new colony, time is of the essence. If you can remember the Jamestown colony in the uh, uh, 1600s, I think it was, um, you know, you only have a little bit of time to get a foothold before you all get diseased or starved to death. So you got to go fast. So part of the reason of creating this uh, very high-tech cuisine art <laughs> is to gain time to get the solutions. We're now engaged in what I, I refer to as the Olympics of the unknown. <laughs> I love that. If you do not have rules, but the universe says, if you break any of my unknown rules, you're going to die. Well, speed is, uh, is of the essence. Wow. Okay, so right now, let's, let's dive into it. So essentially, you're looking for people to put together teams. Uh, these teams are to come up with really cool solutions, innovative solutions as to how to sustain food in the future on different planets. So, so what's the what's the prize money? What what is this worth to somebody sitting around saying, "Well, well, I've got brilliant ideas. Why should I do this?" Well, first of all, they should want to do this because this is part of part of the future. I, I should rephrase that question. What what's the motivation? <laughs> well, there are many hundreds of millions of folks on this particular planet who do not get sufficient nutrition daily. And so uh, there are hundreds of thousands of highly qualified individuals who would love to have the opportunity to solve that problem. Um, and at the same time to have this uh, visionary, uh, an opportunity to go after this visionary challenge. 
So, yeah, there's lots of folks who would want to be involved in this. And there's lots of folks who have uh, agricultural uh, expertise. And so those those are the folks who are the candidates to that we're trying to attract. And we're trying to attract uh, high schools, uh, tech universities, land-grant colleges, um, anyone on the planet who um, maybe is a patent clerk but is overwhelmingly brilliant and nobody even knows it yet. We want them to team up and we want them to be able to produce uh, a solution that creates not only nutrition, but food that takes tastes like home. What I want to rewind real quick, David, because I know, uh, and honestly, we're a country music station here. We talk about a number of things on our show from, from what's going on in the world to entertainment So having someone like you on the show is rare just because this is something that is so unique. And for you, you know, actually being the philanthropist behind it all, the entrepreneur uh, for something like this, this is major that you're flat out saying, hey, here it is. Anyone on the planet that can make this happen, you are going to be considered. So this isn't just, hey, we're only looking at this group of people. That's right. Uh, So I didn't answer a question earlier for the the, there are the program is in three phases. The first phase is a half million dollar prize that's going to be sliced and diced into smaller components where the teams would uh, forward a detailed proposal of their solution, meaning they do not have to actually create the widget or the box. So that that will be sliced into 20, $25,000 winner. 20 for you guys to select 20 people that are going to get $25,000. That's a lot of people. That really motivates me because now it seems like I, I have a shot. Yes. That, that was the, our reasoning there. And what we want is the broadest possible solution uh, space from which to select. So it may be that one, one of the uh, submissions is like uh, 85% what we're looking for. And then there are three other uh, solution uh, submissions that uh, take it above 100%. In other words, it's more than we had anticipated was possible. So we're trying to go outside of what we already think and what we already know and uh, bring the, the brains of the planets to bear. So we're also partnered with the Canadian Space Agency. So this is a, a multinational prize. So the Canadian Space Agency and NASA work together and we're partnered with uh, NASA to, you know, administer the prize and to see that it has the the greatest uh, breadth of uh, awareness in the proper places to make it happen. Well, phase phase two takes winners and other new entrants uh, potentially, to actually do a tabletop demonstration. And then phase three is to create the prototype. So you can see this is a Darwinoing process. Right. Survival right. of the... <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Right. It's going gonna, it's gonna to have to go from idea to from concept all the way to, to proving. Right. I love it. Great. Well, we expect it to be great things. So let me ask you this right now. What, what are they eating currently? 
Uh, well, you know, that food that you used to buy in the uh, museum uh, for short-term uh, trips, there's still some of that. But now there's also, um, you know, stoves up on the ISS. And so they're eating uh, what we would call regular food. You can have pizza up there. Anything that isn't going to um, get lost in zero G and then end up behind <laughs> the wow. things up. So you you can imagine that uh, liquids have to be seriously constrained, for instance. Okay, so so let me ask you just if you could stretch your imagination, what would you like to see designed? Like what's going to be something that's going to impress you? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. Most people <laughs> don't ask me imagination. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. So you're on Mars. You're inside a sealed but pleasant habitat. Uh, you're in your quarters. You go to the bathroom, and your bathroom does a deep analysis on the metabolites that come out of you. Ooh. Wow. Uh, you look in the mirror. When you look in the mirror to clean yourself up and get ready for the day, the mirror looks back at you and looks at your iris and your retina. And below the mirror is a uh, low-level vacuum cleaner that is sucking in your breath. What is it for? It is doing an analysis on your health and nutritional status. That health and nutritional status is personalized to you. When you uh, are combing your hair, if any of the hair comes out, it will do an analysis of the long-term deposition of uh, heavy elements like lead and, and cadmium and so forth right. to make sure that you're not getting overloaded. So what does it do with all that information? Well, it feeds it to the Cuisinart to tell it what to make for you. That's genius. Your health is superbly optimal. Well, yeah, David, I, 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 as, <laughs> you're say, as you're saying this all, I'm literally picturing this, and I'm like, why isn't this something we couldn't have on Earth anytime soon? Because, you know, I'm somebody who tries to watch what I'm putting in my body, and, you know, a lot of people want to be as healthy as possible at all times. Why isn't there something already getting close to this? It sounds like you've got the idea here, David. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what what I would love to see is a a, uh, a phase four prize, and this is just me personally, a deep space pharma prize, P-H-A-R-M-A, which would uh, not just make uh, general nutrition but would also even uh, create the uh, pharmacy um, out of this uh, box. And that is if you need uh, metformin because you've got a little bit of a problem with your glucose level, it makes it and delivers it to you in your food stream. <laughs> there are no wow. pills. It just comes as you eat and your A1C um, gets normalized over time and you're just fine. So interesting, you know, because when I hear you talk, so I, so I'm I'm a big Trekkie. So you know, when you talk about you know this machine, what what did you call it? A, a Cuisinart? Uh, I don't know that there's a name for it yet, but I like the rep I like the replicator idea. Yes, like yes, like an intuitive replicator. 
yeah, you can think of this as being the Rube Goldberg machine uh, behind the replicator. And with time, it will be shrunk and shrunk and shrunk. Until I love it. Until it is the replicator. Well, you know, what's cool about everything that you described is that these teams that are going to be putting together these these things, these systems, these ideas, uh, what's great is that, you know, you're going to have so many teams. I mean, for, for crying out loud, you're awarding 20 of them. So that's at least 20 amazing ideas that are going to come up that we could use here on Earth currently. That's the goal. And, uh, well, that's the sub-goal. So there are folks in the Yukon who... In order to get them proper nutrition, sometimes you have to fly an airplane in, and that's not economically self-compensating. Uh, uh, it doesn't pay for itself, but they still do it because we love humans. We love each other, or at least we should. But imagine if you could drop one of these boxes um, in uh, sub-Saharan Africa, uh, Tibet, or the Yukon, and you've got it yourself. You don't really need the airplane flights. Or in certain areas of the earth, if you don't have the nutrition, there's no other option. It just You just don't have the nutrition. And so before the age of five, you really need this. If you don't get it, you will be stunted for life. And the main thing that we need is people with wisdom. And high IQs are a uh, handmaiden of that need. So in order to get that, you have to remember that good food makes good brains. Yeah. And uh, that's one of the goals for the terrestrial portion. Well, we were super um, impressed with, um, you know, the whole competition and the fact that it was even being offered to the public. You know, sometimes unless you're in that field, you don't really know what's out there when it comes to opportunities and things you're asking of average everyday citizens and whether they are involved with NASA or not. But David, you've got an incredibly impressive background from everything all the way back to the TSA that I know we could just pick your brain on, you know, for hours, but we really appreciate the time today and and digging into this because I know this is, we're barely scratching the surface with this conversation. Well, I thank you very much for your time and look forward to the solutions from the teams. Yeah, so so really quickly before we get off, I, I get really excited about your idea when when we said stretch the imagination and what you shared with us. What I imagined in my head was, hey, we're we're not that far away. I mean, for crying out loud, we've got Peloton mirrors that now look at us and teach us how to work out. You know, we have uh, 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 apps on our phone that keep our heart rates and stuff like that. So so David, your idea is right around the corner. If not, it, it's it's on the cusp. Yeah, I agree with you. It's a matter. One of the beautiful things about prizes is it takes lots of disparate, distant, unconnected uh, advances. And like a lightning rod, it attracts all of those things into one particular process and project. And I call it warping the idea space. Uh, <laughs> once again, to use our. Yeah. <laughs> when you want the idea space, what you're doing is compressing time to solution. It might take 50 years without a prize, but with a prize, it will take five to 10 years. Wow. Let's do it this way. Yeah. Wow. Well said. I feel, I feel like we would love to be able to catch up with you as this, you know, progresses just because you've got the registration deadline in May and then July, the concepts and everything coming along. 
And we appreciate your time, but this is fascinating for for all of us. It, is it is it okay? And I want to be respectful enough that we ask. Is it okay if we stay in touch? Absolutely. Awesome. 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 That's my wife. I'm a nice guy. <laughs> Oh, uh, we could tell. We could tell already. David, thank you so much. And uh, thank you for your brilliance. You know, you've got this really amazing gift that we could just feel over the phone. And that's that's uh, so unique. So thank you so much again for your time. My pleasure. Have a great day. You, you too. too.